With cancer rates increasing year over year, the conversation of cancer prevention and treatment has never been more relevant. In fact, 50% of males and 40% of females will have cancer at some point in their lifetime. Now, these statistics are wildly high, and it leads me to believe that we are missing a big component of our lifestyle that's contributing to the onset of disease in our bodies. Today's guest is going to break down what some of those contributing factors could be and some of the diagnostic options that are available to us to see how our bodies are operating from the inside out. Conventional cancer care and integrative cancer approaches are a little bit different. So we want to make sure that we separate those so you understand how to go about an individual approach to your health. You're going to love this episode. Make sure you share it with somebody. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Ancient Health Podcast, where we educate you on real health solutions that will help transform the way you live, feel, and overcome disease naturally. I'm your host, Courtney Versage, along with Dr. Josh Axe and Dr. Chris Motley. We're so happy you've joined us. Let's dive into today's episode. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Ancient Health Podcast. My name is Courtney Versage, and I am so excited to share today's guest, Dr. Lee Erin Keneally. She is a prominent leader in the integrative and functional medicine field with over 30 years of experience working in homeopathic and conventional treatments for cancer, chronic illness, nutrition, and lifestyle. She's the medical director of two unique clinics in Irvine, California, the Center for New Medicine and the Center for Healing, the Cancer Center for Healing. These combined clinics have become the largest integrative medical clinics in North America and are visited by patients all over the world. They've treated and seen over 65,000 patients and grow every single day. Dr. Keneally has also found time to author two books, Be Perfectly Healthy and The Cancer Revolution. And these books have transformed the landscape of medicine. In 2017, she was also named one of the top 50 functional and integrative doctors in the country. Dr. Keneally, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. It's great to be here. Yeah, well, so I am so intrigued by the work that you're doing. One, because you are in this space of cancer and there have been, from a conventional standpoint, cancer is, um, it's something that I don't think anybody has, or most people don't have a good understanding of because we assume that cancer is just a, you know, a bad luck draw. It's just something that maybe happens to you, or maybe it doesn't happen to you, but a lot of it has to do with genetics. uh, And it's just the luck of the draw. And we don't understand that there's so many other elements in our lifestyle that are contributing to the progression of disease and that it doesn't just happen overnight. I would love, since you've spent so much time in this space and you I know have your own personal journey. I would love for you to share with us a little bit of how you landed where you are today and what makes your process of working with patients that are under these diagnosis of cancer that are, you know, otherwise so fearful and people feel like they don't have many options. You know, you've really carved out other options and presented those to people that really truly work to heal the body. Right. Yeah. So my journey started a long time ago and, um, I 
at 16 years of age, I found out from my parents that my mother took a drug called DES that was given to women in the 50s to prevent miscarriage and stop bleeding. So they found out that drug 42 years later of its use that it caused cancer in both male and female offspring, hormone problems, infertility problems, anatomical problems, all kinds of things. It, it kind of manifested in different ways in different people. And so obviously they've stopped using that medicine. And when I was at UT, the University of Texas School of Public Health, I did my research and study on that long, long time ago. And then I went to medical school, learned the science of, of medicine, which has been a phenomenal benefit to me to where I am today, learning all the functional um, uh, subjects that you need to learn. And then I went into training and then I found out early on, like, we are not doing anything to take care of patients. We are just creating, you know, treating crises and um, never thinking about, wait, how do we optimize a human being? So they are not in the ER and they're not in hospitals. And through my own personal experience of going through different things, you know, I didn't have regular menstrual cycles. So they go, oh, let's do the birth control pill. Okay. There's a medicine or procedure for everything instead of, wait, well, let's understand why we're, when, and how this is happening in this person. How did I get here to begin with? And so I started questioning things. And then fortunately, when I opened my practice in 1986, um, I worked in the ER before and I worked in primary care. And then I opened my practice and I met this doctor who was really outside the box. He was a pathologist and internist. And he started teaching me so many other things. And I'm like, whoa, that's nothing I've ever heard of or, to, or learned about. So that's what started my journey. And then fortunately, my patients were asking me, oh, do you know about this? And do you know about that? And then I'm like, no, I need to go research and understand that. And so that's, you know, between my own personal journey and my patients really wanting a different way, 35 years later, I'm doing my dream of, of trying to help patients understand what is happening in their body. And, you know, you talk about cancer and cancer is the second leading cause of death. And people think that you kind of just wake up and have cancer. Well, from one cancer, cancer comes with ab one abnormal cell in the right conditions. You know, it's a failure of communication in the body and something happens and this one abnormal cell is created. And, and it's created from not just physical, but mental, emotional, psychological, spiritual imbalances. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, because, you know, our, our brain, you know, talk, whatever we're thinking talks to ourselves. And so it takes about 10 years for it to physically manifest in the physical body, like on a scan or an ultrasound, you usually don't find cancer in your blood work. So when you go for a physical and you get all, I'm perfect, I'm wonderful. Well, no, uh, there's a lot more to do than just look at blood work. But in typical conventional medicine, which I'm conventionally trained to do that, you can do MRIs and CT scans and ultrasounds to figure out the lump or bump, okay? And so genetically, you talked about a lot of people think, oh, my mom had breast cancer, my dad had this. 
Well, genetics, we now know is not destiny because of epigenetics, which is a whole nother topic. So, so genetics is only about five to 7%. Okay. We are actually controlling our genetics every single minute of every day. And so what I want to create an awareness of, and my mission in life is to, to help the patient know how to manage their body and measuring them in the right way. And so when we have a patient that comes in, let's say they want to prevent cancer. So we do all the blood tests. We do all the bioenergetic tests. We will do maybe the right imaging test and we'll figure it out. But it's not just, we're not just a physical being, okay? We're a bioenergetic we're a bioemotional or a biochemical. We are many different facets. So when we treat a patient, we can't just go, oh, you look cute. You look good. Let's make sure that all facets, because we learn now that trauma and unresolved trauma and emotional conflict is one of the biggest issues in a human, in human history. And so, you know, it wasn't, you know, before a long time ago, that wasn't ever talked about. But now, wow, what is coming out? The studies are coming out that unresolved emotional conflict is genesis of disease. And there's an emotional component to really anything, whether it's a cold or cancer. And, um, and so we can't forget that. And every doctor must address that emotional, psychological, spiritual facet of each person. Because we become what we think about most of the time. So if we think we're infinite potential beings full of light and love, that is how our body is going to respond. And believe it, we're all capable of that. We just need to tell ourselves that, right? And so, so anyway, so we teach our, we teach our patients from, you know, the head down how to take care of themselves because self-care needs to be the new health care. And why is that? Because we are ranked 43rd in the world in healthcare. We spend twice as much as anyone else and we're getting abysmal results. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so the number one cause of death is heart disease. And despite the use of statin medication, we are still having lots of heart disease, despite all the, uh, you know, dramatic you know, studies and charities and research on cancer, cancer is, you know, 1700 people are dying a day of cancer. And then the third leading cause really is the system, the medical errors, the medications, all that kind of thing. So we, 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 and then look at, you know, if you look at disease, you know, 60% of the population is diagnosed with a chronic condition. There's over 10 prescriptions written per man, woman, and child in, in the United States. And autism is one in, uh, you know, around 40, give or take, depending on what statistics. So I always say our children are the canaries in the mine. Our young people today are the canaries in the mine telling us, wait, wait, there's something wrong. And we, as you know, people that are older and have experience and wisdom and discernment, we need to be all together collectively collaborating. How do we resurrect human potential? Wow. That, that is the true question. And I think that that's the problem that the medical traditional 
you know, medical community is not asking that type of question. And I, I love, you know, the real, really how you painted a picture of that too. You know, it's, we see modern medicine with so many advances, yet we see health declining. Like the statistics are proving that we're not getting any healthier. In fact, it's harder today, I believe, to be healthier than it ever has been. And so if people aren't really seeking out ways to understand how their body is handling different stressors on all different forms and all different levels, there's inevitable breakdown that will happen. And then you add in, you know, that the element that you mentioned about how cancer doesn't just pop up. And I would love for you maybe to even dispel this, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily a myth or if it's just something that's unknown that, you know, we all have disease or cancer cells in our body at any point in time. It's just whether or not the landscape of your body, your immune system and, and how all the different systems of our bodies are operating, you know, can say, Hey, that's not a healthy cell, you know, and instead of it proliferating, that cell dies. And then now you don't have the manifestation of cancer. Is that, is that true? Yeah, well, that is true. And like I said, you know, in the right condition, cancer appears, but our body is miraculous in taking care of itself. Okay. And if people respected the human miracle, we wouldn't have the disease that we have today. And you're right, we have systems in our body called apoptosis, which is programmed cancer cell death. And it's very, very, very sophisticated that we have all these mechanisms in place to turn on the body's healing processes every nanosecond of, of our life. And obviously it's programmed by how we're thinking, what we're eating, what we're drinking, what we're exposing, what we're putting into our system, what we're putting in our skin every single day. But we're all in control of that, right? So, I mean, no matter what, we're all in control of that. So we are in control of our, we're the architect of our thoughts, we are, we decide what we're going to put in our body. And I tell people every morsel needs to be providing, you know, nutrient dense molecules and information to take care of you. And then you've got to drink purified water. You need to move the 800 muscles in your body and you need to, you know, regard yourself as, as this miraculous uh, being every single day and treat it as such. But when all of these things aren't done, like, you know, if you are full of fear and guilt and you don't drink water and you don't get proper sleep and you don't move your body and you don't get sunshine, you don't ground yourself on a regular basis, which is important part like of living. Okay. Long time ago when I was a little girl, you know, we were outside five hours a day. Okay. Catching lightning bugs, sleeping outside and everything. And now we are disconnected to nature and we are one with nature. We need to be utilizing all the beauty of nature that can help balance us each and every day. Yeah. Wow. And that, that it really is such a disconnect, you know, that's, you just don't, technology has changed the landscape of how our children live and operate. We spend more time indoors than we ever have before. We know that, you know, indoor air quality and the off-gassing of different, you know, components of the building materials around us and furniture contributes to toxic burden and then the reduced daylight, you know, not connecting to the earth that has substantial impact on the expression of your health. And it does get 
to me, so it slips through the cracks a little bit. It's undervalued as a therapeutic, you know, a- asset to the body. It helps the body recover. It helps the body operate in a very healthy way. I-, I would love to know if you could just expand on, you know, what you do at your two clinics. Like people are probably familiar to some level with, you know, going to your primary care physician, then being sent to a specialist and doing different diagnostics to become aware of, okay, Hey, everything looks fine to looks like we may have a little bit of an issue. Now we need to send you off for testing. You know, it's, it can be emotionally burdening, overwhelming. And then on top of that, the diagnostics there, there's not really a, a very hopeful scenario. You know, it's very, it, to right. me, it's very dark. What is, you know, when you see patients in your clinics, what is different about that in how, even from a diagnostic standpoint that you're looking at the body and saying, how do we optimize to help the body heal? Right. So we have two clinics, the center for new medicine and cancer center for healing for the center for new medicine. A patient will come in for either human optimization and a physical and blood work and, or whatever testing we want, or they may have chronic disease like autoimmune, diabetes, mold, you know, all kinds of different uh, uh, hypertension, everything. Okay. But they just want to, those people usually coming to our clinic because they know we're just not going to superficially take care of them. They know we're going to go deep and we're going to figure out how to optimize the body, not need medications. If they need medications, we'll use them at the right time. Yes, we will do conventional MRIs and CTs because you have to sometimes, all right? Whatever it is, whatever imaging. Now on the Cancer Center for Healing, those patients come to us, unfortunately, with already a diagnosis or stage four cancer. A lot of them are stage four. They've already done everything. They've already done every possible treatment and they're looking for some ray of hope. So with those patients, though, we always get their history. It's very important to understand, you know, how did this start to the beginning? What were you doing at the time this started? And so we get a full history. We get the pathology because we have to understand how the, what, you know, what are the, you know, medical aspects of this disease? Okay. Because that's going to direct our treatment. And then I will sit down with them and try to understand um, what was their life before. I always ask them, okay, you know, how do you sleep? What kind of water do you drink? How do you eat? And it's interesting. It's so fascinating when I've asked every patient since they've had their diagnosis, what they have changed. Hands down, 100% said, I've changed my eating. So that means we all, they all knew they weren't eating, but they were living in their subconscious and not making conscious decisions to feed their body in the correct way, right? So anyway, and then I look at their lifestyle and then I always look at their, what happened in the last 10 years of your life? Because we talked about earlier that cancer starts, you know, about 10 years before it's diagnosed. So then they will divulge to me lots of things. And they tell me, all of them pretty much say, I've had extreme stress. I've taken care of my mother who's had Alzheimer's. I had a sick child. I had, you know, a sundry of different, very, very stressful events. I was in the worst job that you can imagine. And so um, they, 
will pretty much universally tell you that. I don't want to say every person, but I would say the majority of will. So I always tell them, okay, so we're, we want to get your body in order. Okay. This, I always, I think I describe in my book uh, that cancer is like an earthquake in the body. Mm. And so lots of things contributed to this disorganization and to this diagnosis. But what I found is that the diagnosis ends up to being the gift of their life because now they get to fix everything. They get to fix themselves. They get to fix relationships. They get to fix families. They get to fix their emotional, um, you know, conflict. They get to fix their body. They start doing things that are healing to their body, whether it's sound, water, eating, cleansing, whatever. The treat targeted treatments, like all the treatments in our clinic, are all to raise the vibration of the patient. They're all to optimize. It's not going to be negative and taken away. We don't give IVs of medicine. I will tell you one caveat that we have to do sometimes when patients have extensive tumor burden, we will have to give low dose chemotherapy, but we counterbalance the low dose chemotherapy with we give special IVs to take care of your heart, your lymph and everything when we do low dose. And then we give liver cleansing things that we do the next day. Then we give light treatment. We go all this other thing to counterbalance the low dose chemo. In conventional treatment, the, the options are surgery, chemo, radiation, and sometimes now immunotherapy. But I tell people, you know, and people know, that the doctor is just declaring war on the cancer. Hmm. I want to create this corporate event that the body works in harmony with you. Whether And if I have a patient that does surgery or a biopsy, I prepare them for that event because a biopsy, you think it's small, but biopsy, first of all, aren't you scared to death? Every patient is scared. We want to let them know that this is going to be a revealing and a positive situation as opposed to scary. But we also want to prepare the body biophysically with the right supplements so that we can prevent metastasis. We can, the body can be in a fighting stance with a biopsy. Same way with surgery. Surgery is an immunosuppressive injurious event. So we want to prepare the body before and after so that we optimize healing, prevent infection. We want to emotionally prepare them that this is going to be wonderful situation and everything is going to work all good for the patient. And then if they have to have chemotherapy, like I said, we only do low dose chemotherapy with insulin and conventionally. And I tell the patient, so I will partner with you to do conventional chemo. We are going to do this collateral support so that you can handle chemo, because we all know that chemotherapy is very hard on all systems of the body. There isn't a system of the body, it doesn't affect, and it's, there's not a cell that it doesn't affect. And then the same with radiation, radiation, if patients have to have it, and patients need to make their own decisions. They need to make an educated, informed decision about anything and everything they do. So when we have a patient with surgery, we need to tell the patient like, okay, this is what happens. And 
I have been through many detours in my life. So I personally know, not just from medically, but personally, I had 18 hours of back surgery two, two and a half years ago. So, and that's just, that's just one of the things. So I know from personal experience. So it's not like I'm just talking, you know, from just, you know, how I work every day. No, I'm talking from personal experience. You know, being a doctor and being a physician is one thing and learning all the books and reading all the things, but experiencing it and doing it yourself is another. So I'm not, I, I count, I'm a teacher of experience and teacher of science at the same time, if you know what I'm saying. And so, so I, I want the, the listeners out there to know that I'm just not talking, you know, because I'm a medical doctor, I'm talking from real life, you know, experiences. So I know, and anything that I've ever done, I've always done with outrageous consciousness and intention. And so, uh, and learning how is this going to affect my body? And because, you know, it's, it's life, life is going to throw you some, you know, interesting things. So anyway, if you, you know, if patients have to, but, you know, unfortunately, Courtney, the technique today, when patients are diagnosed, the doctors give them a diagnosis and they say it can be really dreadful, but they, they, what they do is they scare them and, and impart so much fear. And instead of saying, I'm going to partner with you. I am going to help you get through this. Okay. That is what's missing in medicine today. We're not, we don't like, gosh, if people just realized the human infinite potential that we have as human beings, you know, they would change the way they think. Okay. And, you know, we all, if you've ever had a child, you look at that miracle and you go, oh my goodness, like this is like beyond. But when you really know anatomy and like when you look in the eyes and you put a fundoscope to the eyes and you look at the beauty, if you look in someone's ears alone, the beauty of an ear, I mean, I'm just, you know, we could go through the whole body like that. And it's just like, oh my goodness, this is just unbelievable. And that's what we really need to teach people from, you know, before mom even has a baby, like let's prepare for this miracle for six months, right? Let's prepare for this beautiful thing that's going to enter our life. And then once that baby enters the life, let's really plan the most beautiful environment. And, you know, I've been a mother, I am a mother. And so I was so aware of that. And I read all these books of like, what do I need to do as a mother to create the most beautiful environment? And that's what we have to do with our patients is I want it to be, I don't want them to suffer more. I don't want to be full of doom and gloom. I want to be, be, give the patient and impart hope and, and love. And there are infinite possibilities for this patient. That's incredible. That's and that it's so beautiful to appreciate the body in that way because I think a lot of times we just expect it to start falling apart. You know, at some point in time, we just determine, well, you know, the creaks and the aches and everything else, this is just what happens. And we stop looking at our body as this 
incredibly divinely created set of systems that is works in such harmony and it's a true miracle. And I just, I believe that the mindset component we've, we talk about this so many times that how important it is. And I think that this is and, and you make, I would love to know too, like what you've seen just with patients specifically, but having somebody, a provider that is giving you hope, it's not, they're not giving you a diagnosis and then giving you a limited set of options with statistical outcomes, but they're actually getting somebody that can say your body is capable and they're speaking truth into you and over your body. And that, that, that creates an atmosphere, a climate of peace where your body is not in that fight or flight. Your body is, you're not in this, in this panicked, depressed state, which we know contributes to disease, the, the, the progression of disease in the body. So I think like how you even brought it up about, you know, evaluating the before and the after sometimes surgery might be necessary or chemo or radiation, whatever the, the, you know, treatment might look like, but I love how you're looking at how, how is that going to affect the body and the mind and how do we help people recover from this so that they come out of it stronger. And, you know, I, I think that going through something like that, you know, you're going into it with so much anxiety, but you come out of it and it's drained you. So it's like, if you're not addressing that, the body's now even more depleted, how in the world can we expect people to rebuild and then get above baseline where they were before? What do you, what, what, you know, I'm sure I can't even imagine the stories that you've had just some incredible miracles that you've seen, but for somebody that may need some encouragement, that maybe has a diagnosis, just in the world we're in today and the statistics that we see, I mean, it's there's not one person that's not unaffected by either a family member or a close family right. or friend that that is affected by cancer in some way. But what would be like your encouragement to say, hey, you know, there are other options or ways that you can go about this that can that can make this not just some diagnosis that's you know, it, it, that's who you become and that's your fate, that there's hope on the other side of it. Right. Well, I think the first and foremost, we as a society need to collectively embrace preventive, proactive, personalized medicine. Mm -hmm. That is, like I said, self-care is a lot of the people I take care of and I've taken care of for years. They do it. I don't do it. Okay. I just tell them and direct them. And cancer, for example, like we talked about, takes 10 years. So that means what? We have nine years of opportunity to prevent cancer. So why don't we educate since we're aware heart disease and cancer are the top two killers? Let's make sure and verify that we don't have heart disease and we don't have cancer. And you've got to go to a doctor who is conventional and functionally integrative trained. Okay. And what does that mean? I just say it's updated medicine. So there's 1.2 million PubMed articles per year, okay? So that means the information that's in a PubMed article will not be in practice for probably 15 years. So we need to master as physicians, okay, let's make sure and verify that our patient has all the healing capacity to prevent disease, right? That's the first and foremost thing. So, you know, but the problem is, is prevention doesn't sell, unfortunately. 
Yeah. So, but I am here today to resound to humanity that what I see every day, the human suffering and the devastation, we could pretty much prevent, whether it's a heart disease and a heart attack or cancer by doing a proper workup. And in my book, The Cancer Revolution, I talk about that. So patients can really just take that book and just start educating themselves because it doesn't matter what disease, though the, there's lots of applicable information to start taking care of yourself. Because I know I've had on patients on Instagram and so forth. I've taken your book and guided me and I'm a well today because of it. So I know that that is very important. But if you're diagnosed with cancer, okay, really look and study at all your options. And I tell people two things. Do not become your diagnosis. Don't own your diagnosis. It is a learning episode and learning episodes are not short. They're always long because you won't remember it if it's short. And you will use this to master yourself and to bless other people because you become passionate about that experience that you've gone through. And yes, there are so many options. I will tell you, two, um, I, I guess two years and three or four months ago, I had a girl from Nashville who called me and her doctor told her that she had three months to live. All right. She'd already was diagnosed with cancer, treated already conventionally, which is typical in my practice. And then they tell the patient they're okay and everything's fine. And, but they're not ever looking at the below the iceberg foundational causes that contributed to the cancer. So you can't change the cancer until you change the unwell environment the cancer came in. So you can't just go surgery, chemo, and radiation. We must understand the nine years of imbalance that took place to create that earthquake. So anyway, she came, she did a Zoom call with me and we talked and I told her what we would do. And she came here in a wheelchair weighing very little. And it was shocking to my staff uh, because they're young people. And so they're like, whoa, that can happen to me. Anyway, so here she is alive now you know, 2022. And she accomplished something very big in her life, becoming the golden buzzer and on um, America's Got Talent, whatever show that is, I'm not sure. I don't watch that much TV. But anyway, and so I have, you know, I, I have lots of patients that have serious stage four because 50% of them come to me already treated and have no options. So they learn here to have, we, we created this beautiful community that they all help each other, right? Because community is, is the guru of the future because community is how we all survive and thrive because we're all inextricably connected human beings that need each other and all have divine seeds to share with one another. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we create that and then all the treatments they're due is to enhance the vibration of their body. And so um, you don't save everybody, okay? But at least I gave them the beautiful uh, visualization and illumination of what's going on in their body. And they've restored a lot of their life, their relationship. They became conscious human beings of who they are and the things that need needed to 
to understand in their life. And so, um, so I, I, I am so privileged to get to do what I do because I, I see the beauty in what I do, even though I don't save everybody, but I know that I've given them a ray of hope and peace and love in their life that they didn't have before. And so, um, so patients just need to understand that don't just rely on a surgery, chemo and under radiation. We must all need to understand our condition to change our condition. Exactly. I've heard you say that before, and it is, that could be the most, the, the one component that slips through the cracks the most is we're always addressing the end product, the cancer, but we've never gone back to evaluate the lifestyle, the climate in which we lived for so long that cre- allowed the cancer to creep in and really take hold in our bodies. So even if somebody has success with certain treatments, if you're not addressing the, the, all of the factors in the lifestyle and you go right back into that, you know, I mean, you're setting yourself up for failure yet again. We haven't really addressed the root cause, the drivers of the disease in the body. And I think that 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 piece is completely left by the wayside, you know, for conventional medicine. It's like, let's just, we are single-handedly like going after cancer. We'll cut it out or burn it out or whatever we need to do. And then there's nothing else that's said about, well, what, what happened that the environment changed that now you have become exposed and vulnerable to cancer developing in your body. Um, I, I would love for you to share for just a moment you talk about preventative measures, um, you know, for somebody that maybe is thinking, okay, well, I really want to stay on top of this in terms of diagnostics or blood work. And I've heard you speak about this before with C-reactive protein or even metabolic markers like the thyroid. Um, are there certain things that you think every person should be doing annually or maybe twice a year that would give them an idea of, of what's going on inside beyond just the tangibles that they can handle in their lifestyle? Right. I, I, I yeah, I think because a lot of times people feel good and feel great and get a diagnosis of cancer. So um, I do a panoramic blood test. So typically in medicine, they do a chemistry panel that looks at electrolytes, liver and kidney. And they'll look at CBC that looks at your white count and your hemoglobin. But what we order is we order C-reactive protein, vitamin D, adrenal function, thyroid function, hemoglobin A1C, said rate. Um, and we always do a nutrient panel on patients to understand their biochemistry, to make sure they have the perfect, um, supplementation of vitamins, minerals, et cetera. And so we'll do that now more specific treatments. I would do to look for cancer is we do something, the liquid biopsy, um, by RGCC, the lab, there's a lab in Greece and Switzerland that looks for circulating tumor cells. Circulating tumor cells actually occur when the size of a cancer is about one to two millimeters. So that's two pencil lines. So that test is helpful in our picture and uh, and allows us to know if they're circulating tumor cells, there's very likely that cancer is brewing, simmering, fermenting. The other blood test we can do is the cancer profile. And that looks like at HCG, HCG is the malignancy hormone. Yes, it's the pregnancy hormone, but also it is the malignancy hormone. Also, 
it will check for GGT, which is liver, DHEA sulfate, which is what we do, CEA, which is a tumor marker. Sometimes we do tumor markers, but tumor markers 50% of the time don't really tell you have cancer. So, but CEA is a non-specific broad spectrum marker. And then we'll do a blood test called PHI, which is the enzyme of low oxygen. If your body has low oxygen, that means that you are a fertile ground for cancer. And so not only cancer, it could be other illnesses also, but big time for cancer. So that test is very valuable in the picture. There's another blood test that I like to do called Nagalase. Nagalase is the enzyme made by viruses and cancer that prevent the macrophages from attacking the cancer. So it gives us this constellation of information that helps us discern what is really going on. Now, the other things I will do, um, I love ultrasound. Ultrasound is a non-invasive technique. You can ultrasound your whole body, which is one thing I personally do every year or every six months. Uh, You can do a whole body ultrasound, looking at your thyroid, lymph glands, breast, abdomen, kidney, liver, pancreas, ovaries, pelvis, all these wonderful things. Um, Also, you can do a whole body MRI. That's one of the newest technologies is whole body MRI. No dye whatsoever. The dye, the gadolinium is very toxic to people. So you can do whole body MRIs. You can also do, sometimes I have to order PET scans. Sometimes I have to order CT scans. So all these, and then for breast imaging, I like to do ultrasound and thermography. Thermography is the vascular image of the breast. Breasts are not typically vascular. So between the ultrasound and uh, thermogram, because radiation, people don't understand that a chest X-ray is one millirad. A mammogram is 343 millirads. So there's radiation being exposed. I won't. I will tell you that I sometimes do mammogram. I just don't do lots of them, at, you know, all the time every year. I will space it out with all the other things that I'm doing. So, and you know, you said every six months. Most of the time, you can get patients on a once a year plan, especially when you really have a patient that's partnering with you that they have mastered their self care and they really want to know what they're doing. Um, and so I know the patients that have seen me for 10, 20, 30 years, those people I only see one year. I'll tell you a story. I have a scribe that writes all of the notes when we're in the visit. And she worked for conventional doctors and she wants to go to medical school. And she goes, oh, wow, the people that have been doing this and seeing you for year after year, like they're so easy compared to the other patients. I said, I know. That's what I keep preaching to people. Just try to follow the rules and laws of mother nature of your human miracle and you will do fine. And you, you must, if you don't m- measure, you can't manage. So you've got to measure. And I, one other tool that I learned about long time ago, and I use it for prevention for cancer, I do something called acupuncture meridian assessment. You have acupuncture points on you're all over your body. And we take the top 50 points and we look for the energy blockways. I always tell people it's like a wire or a string of pearls to an organ or gland. And so this was developed by Dr. Vole, who was a physicist and medical doctor. So I personally was interested as a conventional doctor. I thought it was a little way outside my wheelhouse. 
And I'm like, no, I need to be open to the universe. Let me look at this and see how, you know, I what I find on patients, what I found on patients, it very, very well mimicked what their diagnosis was. So, and it's a very inexpensive test that patients can do to look at the energy imbalances. Energy precedes action, right? So if you throw a baseball into a mirror, a lot of energy took place before it slashes the mirror. And so I always tell people, we, we need to understand the energy we are. You know, Einstein said, everything is energy. And so, you know, I know it's a very hard, intangible concept for humans, but I always use the example, when you hug somebody, you just had an energy transfer. So that's kind of the best way. Or like, you know how you say, oh, I don't feel really good with that person. That person gives me wrong vibes. That's really energy. And so, so the energy of the body is something conventional medicine is not assessing and they'll get there. I think we'll get there. It's just like, we don't understand how energy affects water. Okay. We're water, primarily water. When we were born, we were 90% water and we don't understand how words can affect water. There's lots of studies, but words are frequencies, right? Just like when you go to a concert and, you know, the, 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 the concert is either tuned or not in tuned. Okay. And we know and there's lots of TED talks on this, but we are all bioenergetic beings that are affected by and everything and anything. Well, like you said earlier, when someone gets a diagnosis and the doctor scares them, well, that paralyzes. And we know the placebo effect. What is the placebo effect? Is if I think it's going to work, it's going to work. And then there's no nocebo effect. If I don't think it's going to work, then that's why I always put the decision-making in all my patients. I don't make the decision. I just educate and inform, and then they can make the decision. That's so powerful. And that really... It, it gives, I, I feel like it should just give every person a sense of control and, and almost like it's, you're not just dealing with a rogue set of, of cells and genetics that, you know, hopefully one day the other foot doesn't drop there. You have so much that's in your control. And ultimately, if you really are optimizing these things, you're going to live life in a way that's so much more fulfilling beyond just your physical body, you know, operating a lot better. Like you're, you're mentally, you're going to be stepping into things that you're called to and be able to do them so much more effectively. And you'll stay in a place of being healed and have relationships that are thriving. So I think that it just, it, it just continues to like spread its little, you know, branches out over all areas of your life that impact so much more than just how you get up every day and feel in your own skin. I loved how you've said that. And I hope that somebody feels encouraged by it. I think your book is incredible. Um, I have your book, Cancer Revolution, and, and you mentioned it earlier, but if you know of somebody that is facing a cancer diagnosis or maybe is in fear of that because it's in their family history. And so they're at a higher risk of that. And so they're, they're always, you know, in this pattern of worry and constantly going to the doctor, you know, this, it would be a great book to just give you a different perspective of what cancer really is from a biological and anatomical level, but also 
giving you the idea that there's, there's more beyond just the diagnosis. And that's not a label that you can, you, you can claim, claim and own, uh, moving forward. Uh, and I also, I would love for you for some of these tests. So you named so many of them. They're probably not tests that everyone can just, you know, go to their normal doctor. I know that a lot of these tests, even just, you know, certain thyroid panels can be difficult to get a full, a full thyroid panel. So working with a specialist like you or somebody that's functionally trained is very important because they, this needs to be more comprehensive. It can't just be your run of the mill CBC. Is that right? That's right. The chemistry and the CBC, what I typically see when my patients who come from other physicians, primarily they really do a chemistry and a CBC. That's all they do is a chemistry and a CBC. Now it's interesting when I do see a patient that has more elaborate testing, I'm like, wow, let me look at this doctor. And then I look, the doctor is a functional integrative physician. And so, but I will tell you that you can order a lot of your own labs, uh, honestly. So at there's all like direct labs and other places, they will allow you to order uh, an entire panel of whatever you want to do. And a lot, several of my patients do that. So they can order, like, for example, one of the most prominent things on your blood test is the C-reactive protein. So C-reactive protein, I'll tell you a story from a girl, a lady doctor, she's a, a dermatological surgeon and she, oh, you know, she ordered, she was conventional doctor and ordered her own blood test and her CRP was high and her C-reactive protein. So she said, I'm going to go, let me go check with the cardiologist because, you know, it can be a marker for heart disease. So she goes to cardiologist and he goes, you know, let's just repeat it in three months. I don't think it's a big deal. Then she goes to her gynecologist, does a whole physical exam, orders mammogram, does pap and all that good stuff. And then she, they found a cyst on her breast. And so the radiologist came in and she says, you know what? I think I'm just going to order a whole body scan. And he goes, no, you don't need to do that for this. You know, she goes, no, I just feel like it. Well, she ordered a whole body scan and it was stage four cancer. So. So I'm not saying that everybody with C-reactive protein has cancer. I'm just saying C-reactive protein is a marker for inflammation. We know that all diseases, heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's, starts with inflammation. So inflammation is the precursor to many diseases. It could be an infection, okay? It could be many things. But what I do when I have a patient with C-reactive protein I will give them things to reduce it and then go over, you know, their lifestyle. And then I'll repeat it in six to eight weeks. And if it stays elevated, then I go, okay, let's start taking a deep dive. Yeah, that's incredible. And th those things, they, like you said, I mean, you can get them. It's a, that's a blood marker. It's not expensive. Right. Uh, I've, I've, as I've been in health coaching for years and I was able to order some of these tests for people, but also help educate them too, because it is something that once you start to learn about, you're like, okay, this is, you know, it's not like you said, it, it's, it, it's not the only marker. It's not a, a diagnostic, a one shot, you know, silver right. bullet to just give you the final answer to your equation. But it is, it is something that, Hey, if that starts to look elevated, you know, now we can start asking some questions, looking a little bit deeper before we get five, six more years down the road and we have a much bigger problem on our hands. So I, I appreciate you breaking that down because I know that that's something that people are willing to put effort and they're willing to take the time and prioritize their health. It's just sometimes assembling the right steps. You know, where do I go? Who do I talk to? What labs do I need to be doing? Right. 
And, and so I think that really brings some clarity to that. I appreciate you, you know, really kind of mapping that out for people that want to find you and find your centers where, you know, and you've got two and you kind of described a little bit, the differences between them, but how would they get in touch with you? How can they contact you if they have a loved one or somebody close to them that, you know, you're, you're their person that they need to work with and you know, they're facing something that, um, they feel very aligned with you. They can tell you're passionate about it. It's, it's so you're the, the, you're just enthusiasm, but it's, it's more than that. You have like a level of trust that I think people can sense because you've walked through some things yourself and that's, that's so empowering. It's, it's genuine. Um, so I appreciate that so much about you, but tell me briefly how people can get in touch with you. Well, I think one thing that would help everyone probably is to go to my Instagram because I'm, we're constantly teaching things on Instagram. We do have a be perfectly healthy podcast, so that can help them educate themselves. And then they just look up for center for new medicine or cancer center for healing.com and they can find us. So, um, and like I just started, um, a week ago, 10 days ago, rather, We just started an international cancer conversation so people can sign up. Uh, There's no cost for the class. It's just for us to educate and illuminate to patients how they can take care of their health and what are the, you know, every class is a new discovery of, of something going on in their body. Wow, that's great. And her Instagram handle is Keneally MD at Keneally MD. And then on your, your main page, you do have your different centers that are linked there with their own handles. So there are, there's a wealth of information uh, to definitely connect with Dr. Keneally. She is always putting out incredible content. We love resharing it on our platform at the Institute. And uh, we just appreciate the work that you're doing in this, in this space. It's incredible. It's making a difference. It's an, it's, something that is leaving a legacy, you know, it's changing people's lives, it's changing generations. So I I am so grateful for the work that you're doing and uh, so grateful for your time today. Thank you for sharing. I know that we're all more educated and better for it. So we appreciate you so much. All right. Thank you for having me.